Kirk Cousins, that's for you. It's 2018. The curse has survived yet another miserable Washington, D.C. sports year. We're four days in, and it's already killing all of us. I'm happy to be back, though. It's been a month at least since I've been on the show. I think maybe it feels like longer, to be honest. But I've enjoyed my break. LP and FP have done a uh, great job holding down the fort here. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back with them tonight. LP, Happy New Year. How was uh, your beginning of your festivities? Wait, but hold on. You, you've been off the pod for a whole month? I, I can't believe that. Time flies when you're having fun. I've had so yeah, much I didn't, talk time. I didn't even notice. I didn't <laughs> notice. Well, I think it was at least, a, it feels like, I mean, it feels like an eternity, to be honest. And uh, frankly, I think we all tuned out of sports around the same time. I, I didn't watch a single Redskins game down the stretch. Uh, you know, you guys were killing me and Steve for, or something something to that effect. So I can confirm, uh, stopped recording games, watched if I, if I, had, if I had to, um, but I didn't miss anything. The Redskins are, are dead to me. No surprise. Didn't there. you? Didn't Missed you invite like half of uh, half of Northern Virginia to your house for the Broncos game? I did, and then we didn't watch it because that's two bad teams playing each other. Who, who wants to watch <laughs> that? We we ended up playing cards and uh, backgammon. If you want to know, I can confirm that we trashed you and Steve for not watching Redskins games. But well, uh, we're, 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 we're still trashing. Tra- if we're going to talk about trashing people. Uh, the show, the Bitcoin show with your boy, <laughs> air hashtag uh, quotes, DC thug 34 was atrocious. It, it set back podcasting like, like 10 years. It's the worst thing I've heard in a long time. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people, it's clickbait, right? Because a lot of people were like, ooh, cryptocurrency. I want to learn about this. And then they get you two ding dongs and the bigger ding dong talking about nothing <laughs> for 30. So hey, it, I have. For, for for sharing your your limited knowledge on cryptocurrency with the world, I have uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I, pro- good. I provided some some valuable information in that pod, and I, I thought we did a, a fantastic job. Check the ratings, Joe. The ratings are just much better when you're not on here. That's How, the how's your, what's your Coinbase wallet look like these days? Three digits or four digits? Uh, I'm at three uh, digits. If you can count. If you count zeros, I'm at five digits, and they're all zeros. <laughs> yeah, that really that, that makes you the authority on cryptocurrency. Can we talk about the, the stupid Redskins and how down the stretch they could have finished eight and eight and and made the polish this turd just a little bit? Uh, what does it matter? What does do it. it matter? The it season's matters. over. They finished seven and nine. I mean, what does it matter? It, all eyes on Kirk right now. We're less than twenty four hours away from a big time, or what we seem to be a big time Kirk Cousins move. And that he's, you know, coming to speak truth or whatever he says to the fans You're here in uh, Vienna, Virginia. Jim, let, me you know, guys, let me ask you guys this. If Kirk comes out tomorrow and has this whole event and every time someone's asked him about anything about his future, he's kind of pointed to this event. If he comes out tomorrow and, and says the same thing that he said over the past three years, I want to be where I'm liked and, you know, uh, the ball's not in my core, all those types of things. Is, would you be upset at Kirk for just saying nothing again? Yes, but that's not what's going to happen because let me break it down for you. You're a fairly attractive guy, LP, so you haven't gone through many breakups like oh me. Oh, my God. Hold on. Kirk this is inviting us out. Away from. I like this. Kirk, yeah. Kirk, Kirk invited us out. He invited the team out to a nice romantic dinner. 
He's going to break it down. So he's going to let us down easy in public so people don't freak out on him. And he's breaking up with us tomorrow. That's exactly what's happening. That is not. That's, the, that's so stupid. There's zero chance. Yeah, zero. You're, you're so wrong. Breaking up. I thought you were the, the Tinder all-star of Northern Virginia. It's going to be the opposite. He's, he's not taking the team out to, to break it to them nicely. He's going to whip out his junk and put it on the table and say, you're either down with this or you're not. And that's what he should do. And frankly, we already talked about this. We talked about this last summer. We talked about this two summers ago when the podcast didn't even exist. There's 15 teams that would sign him tomorrow for whatever he wants to be paid, for whatever amount of money that they could possibly, they can round up together. There's no there's no question. Look, there's there's playoff teams right now. Playoff teams. that are both wrong. We're both wrong. This, no, this, I got to cut you oh, off because this oh. you are so wrong. You're way off the deep end. You haven't watched football in a month. Do you know Jimmy Garoppolo is doing pretty well? Nothing's Have you heard that that Jacksonville wants to stick with Blake Bortles? You're so wrong. Those it's, weren't the teams that I personally – yeah, I was big on the Jags. You're right. I'll, I'll give you that. Okay. I, and, what, and, and where are the Broncos going to come up with this money to pay him? The Saints have no cap space. Ton of money. The Saints are going to have a ton of money. The, Buffalo the Saints are going to get rid of Drew Brees. The have a ton <laughs> they're of going money. to the playoffs. The they have they're... a ton of money. Are you kidding me? I, I was listening to three or four legitimate options for Kirk Cousins that are better today than the Washington Redskins. Okay, With tell Saints, me those three options. Tell me those three options. You the, said the Saints, the Jets, the Bills, the Giants. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're all they're all hungry. You could Joe, throw, you could Joe, Joe, Joe. The team. Saints are not going to let go of Drew Brees. The yes, Saints because he's forty years old and has a new they're, arm this year. He's exactly where Peyton Manning was when at this point in his career. They're not going to extend him again. At most, they, he's going to be a one-year rider. They have two 1,600-yard backs. Okay, they're not going to get rid of Drew Brees. He's about to win the Super Bowl with them. There's nobody in the NFC who's as as well-rounded as the Saints right now. Then you said the the Jets. Oh come on, who wants to go to the Jets? The Jets. I don't even think they have they have the cap space to sign him to what he's going to be looking for. The Bills. Like there's why if if I'm Kirk, why am I going to go to those teams? The Redskins are a better option than all those teams that you've named, other than the Saints. And the Saints are not going to be in that market. There I, are teams like like the Broncos, Broncos who are who are in, in uh, maybe a better organization. Because you know what? Because it's easier to find a, a wide receiver than it is to find a quarterback. Teams that don't have a quarterback, will they'll move heaven and earth to get one. That, that's just what it is. Cleveland is probably the the, the most lucrative option, but it's the worst option. And, and I, nobody wants to go there. So you can keep them or, or toss them out. But Arizona, you tell me Arizona is not a good landing spot for Kirk Cousins right now? Well, They're no, but is, who's he going to throw to, 45-year-old Larry Fitzgerald? Based off what Kirk wants, he doesn't want in Arizona because they no longer have stability in coaching. So that one's automatically out. It's going to be a whole new system for everyone. Kirk doesn't want to go there. I think $130 million will, will bring stability to anyone. All right, so $130 million can come somewhere besides Arizona. And honestly, if you go into the Denver talk, I think that is the best option. And I think they don't if have anyone – here's the thing. I think if anyone can bargain Kirk down and talk him into a lower contract, which is, A, good for the Redskins because we can match it, it would be – the Denver Broncos, that I mean, Denver's a, Denver's a real option too. And Elway, if you, Elway can Tlaib be the won't one. come back, right? They're going to save a ton of money by not re-signing Talib. They're probably going to let one of their two stud receivers go. It's more, it's most likely Emmanuel Sanders. So they can get to 110, 115 million just by just by making two or three moves. Yeah. And it's Denver. Like th- these are all 
I mean, I mean, the Redskins hold the keys, though. Don't forget that the Redskins still hold the keys. They have to over. This is this is classic Redskins. Last offseason during the Triple R reports, I complained that the Redskins didn't overspend to retain their own talent. This is a, a perfect example of that. They have to overspend to retain their talent, and they're not going to do it. I mean, they didn't do it with Baker. They didn't do it with the receivers that they let walk. What makes you think they're going to do it with Kirk Cousins? And and it's it's the most valuable position on the team. They're going to have to go to 130 million at minimum to to even to even get a response. Because as we know now, last year the Bobo offer they put in front of him, he didn't even bother responding to it. So. Let's be realistic here. We've we've just discussed six or seven possible teams. We can argue forever whether it fits or doesn't fit, but the reality is those are all teams that are looking for quarterbacks. And frankly, if you're the Giants, if you're the Giants and you know you're not bringing back Eli, why wouldn't you make a run? At, at they her? said they uh, want to bring nah, back Eli. Yeah, I'm, Eli's staying in New York. He's finishing out his career there. He's not but, staying there. Sorry, so, so switch the conversation, right? If you are the Redskins... What do you have, aside money not being mentioned, what do you have to do to convince Kirk to stay? What does Bruce and Dan have to do? What do they have to tell him to be like, listen, we'll get you the money eventually, maybe not up front, yada, yada, contract magic. What do we have to do to make you stay? I was telling LP this. You are one stud wide receiver one away, one high draft running back away, and two drafts in... uh, in the draft, two, two draft picks for defense away. And your team is just as stacked as everyone else, if not better, because you have two Pro Bowl linemen and Morgan Moses. I, I don't think anything Bruce or Dan can say to make her change his mind or, or sway one way or the other. His mind is made up. Whatever, I think whatever he's 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 decided on now is not going to change. It's, it's 100% really up to him, and then it's up to the Redskins of, on what they want to do. If they want to trade him or if they want to tag him and match or whatever it is. But I, I think Kirk, like, if he wants to stay, he's going to stay. And he'll negotiate on the deal. He said over and over, it's not really the money. It's all these other things. He wants to see stability in the organization. He wants to see. He wants to be on a winner. Uh, he wants to do this and that. So it's up to him. And then it's up to, you know, how the Redskins want to deal with his decision. And I think his decision is, I don't want to be here in Washington. And then it, at that point, it's up to the Redskins. Are we going to force you to stay here? Or are we going to try to trade you? Or are we going to try to match a deal? Whatever it is. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk gets tagged, transition tagged, and he doesn't go and negotiate with anybody, and we're in the same situation one year from now. But but that's the exact reason why this is – like this is that's the worst possible scenario, in my opinion. I'll you agree know, with that. I, I keep looking at this. Franchising him two years ago was the worst possible decision – at the time, franchising him last season or, or last offseason was the worst possible decision and outcome. Transition tagging, transition tagging him this offseason is marginally better, but it's still it's still frankly a shitty position to be in. Like the skins are setting themselves up for a letdown here. No matter how you slice and dice this, they can't sign and trade him, so that's out. So transition tag is the best next option. At least you get something in return for him, but he's gone. And and frankly. Like, I'm not going to tell somebody they have to stay or they have to accept an offer from anybody. But if if he wanted to be here, he would have at least countered what they put in front of him last year, right? I I appreciate the banking on himself thing. And you know what? The, the guy struck gold two years in a row because he still got 
damn near 4,000 yards this year with me and you playing receiver. So he, he, people can, he, you know, the skins are going to spin it in a way that he didn't live up to the hype, but the numbers don't lie. I mean, he, he had a good season and I, I just don't agree with anybody that says he didn't considering who he had playing receiver, considering his running back situation, offensive line situation. And frankly at seven and nine, and I, I, this is like the, the part that pains me the most, they should have beat Minnesota. They should have beat the saints. They should have beat the Chiefs. Three playoff teams. Those are three wins that they had in the bag. That part sucks. That's a 10-win team. Like, think about that. We're a 10-win team going into the playoffs if we hold With on nobody. to the we had in those games, right? So, yeah. and 11 it, if you had the Giants. Fine. 11 if you had the Giants. 12, my God, 12 if you hold on in week one and, and Philly doesn't get that, that trash call. 12-win team. We're talking about the same Redskins team. Like, it's nuts to say this, but... They're, they didn't play as horrible as their record indicates over the course of the whole season. Certainly there was there was bad quarters, there was bad games, there was bad plays. Yes, yes, yes. But they didn't have a bad season, and Kirk definitely didn't have a bad season. And Jay Gruden earned his ex- – I mean, Jay Gruden, anybody who's still calling for this guy's head needs to look at the numbers a little bit more closely. Just listen to the last three minutes of this podcast and figure out how he did what he did. We just – we just discussed four or five potential games that would have swung this team from a seven-win team to a ten or eleven or twelve-win team. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. So, all right. So, saying is, saying all of that, don't you think Kirk would want to stay here? Don't you I, think Kirk knows all these things? And if we come to the table with the right money, he's like, yeah, we are one bad injury, one stupid play away from being a twelve-win team. He knows that. And he said that in the previous uh, week's worth of press conferences. They literally, uh, Larry Michael asked him after the game on Sunday, and it's on Redskins.com. And they said, well, do you want to be here? And he, would you like to be at Redskins next year? And he said, if they'll, if they'll have me back, I'd love to be here. Like, I mean, at some point, the guy's just got to make up his decision. And, and whatever it is, we got to accept Nothing, it. Listen, I don't listen. want this to go on and on and on again as much for, until as- franchise tag, then July – and then the season starts and you can't negotiate, like, it's either yes or no. If I'm the Redskins, I would have went to him on Monday and said, here is our latest, our, our final offer contract. Either you're accepting it or if you don't accept it, we're going to tag and trade you or we, we, you won't be here, but we're going to try to get something out of you. The problem and, is this isn't I, – I, I think we're giving Kirk too much power in his own decision-making. This really comes down to Bruce – and how Bruce wants to be, and his agent, and it's just right now it's just two hard-headed people butting heads. I don't think so. Fight. I honestly don't think Kirk is is the one to 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 bitch and moan over what a five million dollar difference, ten million dollar difference. No, no, he no, has no. the I, money. I, I think you're. I agent. think you're completely off. Agent. No, I I think the price is set. The price is set with the Derek Carr contract, with the Matt Stafford contract. The price is there. Like there's no negotiation. That like. 28 million this year is the absolute minimum. There's no, there's no, like Bruce knows the the number. Kirk knows the number. Bruce doesn't want to get to that number. Kirk doesn't want to negotiate. So, so that's it. Kirk, that's the Kirk end of the deal. Says, Kirk always says he doesn't want to ruin the market and yada yada yada. You realize, like next isn't next year? Doesn't Aaron Rodgers go for renegotiation? Right. Yeah, it's the market's going to be reset every year. All right. Every, so what I'm saying Drew Brees is, like, is about to get a new deal. All right. What I'm saying in is New Orleans. What I'm saying, it's it's a BS excuse coming from Kirk and his camp if he's like, I don't want to ruin the market. I need to take the right money. 
Right, the market's at what right now? 120, 125? Is that what Matt Stafford got? Okay. It's so, 25 a year, whatever it is. 25. Well, 25. Let's say 25 a year. So let's say Kirk's aiming for 30 a year. Okay. Okay, let's say he doesn't hit that. You're going to tell me that next year Aaron Rodgers is going to get less than 30 a year? No, he's going to get more. The market's not going to dip because Kirk Cousins took less money. That's what I just said. The market's reset every year. I don't understand what you're saying. If, okay, so if we can all hop in the time machine and go back in time, if they had offered him $17 million when the norm was 15 or $20 million instead of the 18 or 22 instead of the 20 then he would have signed it, right? But the market now is set at 25 per. They can't go and offer him 24. They got to offer him at least 27 or 28. And Aaron Rodgers is going to get whatever Aaron Rodgers is going to get. The Packers are going to pay him. Like the the number the numbers don't make any Like this is why to me when you when we say a team can't come up with the money, yeah, Denver can find the money. Nola can find the money. Anybody can find what the I'm, money. What I'm saying is he's putting his agent is putting too much emphasis on the money. Kirk has made lots of money he's up front. It. He's earned it. Frankly, no, I'm not saying he didn't earn it. I'm saying right? he made a lot of money up front. So right now it should come down to where can you get the most wins? Let me ask you guys this. What does this make you feel about Tom Brady, who takes less and less money every year? His wife makes more money than him. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure every – okay, 90% of the NFL players, if they're any smart, are set for life. They don't need – more money, they don't, like, like, Kirk Cousins has injury insurance on himself. Like, he's good. He's got he's got money. He's an investor. He, um, he makes tons of money off Virginia Tire and Auto and all these <laughs> other endorsements that he has. And, like, what I'm saying is that, that you know, at some point paying – take, take the quarterback and, and say, let's make it now an outside linebacker. The next best outside – J.J. Watt comes in and says, well, I'm not going to sign a long-term deal. I want to do bet on myself one year. And JJ is probably a bad bad example, but take someone who doesn't get injured, and say you know they go out and they they play. Let's look at Zach Brown. That's exactly what we have in Zach our hands here, right? Right. Have to pay Zach Brown, and he's earned his pay. It, yeah, it, exactly. At some point, every position on the field is going to want to do that, and at some point, it's gonna, it's the money's going to run out. But you can build around one stud defensive player. We saw that with. Brian Urlacher, we saw it with Ray Lewis. We've seen it. We've seen it at the cornerback position with with uh, with Revis Island, Akeem Talib. Like you can do that, and that's why. But we're not talking about a defensive player who never touches the ball. We're talking about a quarterback who always touches the ball. So, I mean, it's 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 almost funny money. It is funny money, and I don't think it makes a big difference. But to answer your direct question, Tom Brady is in a completely different scenario, right? I think if you offered any professional quarterback. The opportunity, if you told them, guaranteed, you're going to make five Super Bowls and and 11 straight playoffs and win your division in 10 years in a row and remain healthy and remain, you know, with the same coach and GM and owner for the entire duration of your professional career, I think I'll, almost all of them are going to say, yeah, I'll leave some money on the table for that. And but that's, but that's, it's, it's not that's because of him, though, right? That's because of him. I mean, he's really the one like he's had nothing on that team for the longest time. Like it's it's him. He's the reason why. I mean, I think you can look at I think you can look at Drew Brees and what he's done in New Orleans as a as a very similar comparison. I mean, he left money on his last negotiation contract uh, or his last contract negotiation. It wasn't a lot, but he left enough. Uh, this is what four years ago now, so that they could they could re-sign, they could draft, they they tried to retool that defense. It didn't work for them. I think you can look at Aaron Rodgers also. I mean, 
he's he's another one who's probably going to say, yeah, I'll take less as long as everybody else stays in. But those are guys that have they've won at the highest level and they have more clout to say, this is what I want. Cousins, as as much as we love him and as much as the city loves him and wants him back, he doesn't have that clout. And frankly, there's still the RG3 factor that, that you know, it's got to plague him, man, honestly, because it, it plagues us as Skins fans. We know Bruce and Dan are sitting in a room somewhere looking at this crop of quarterbacks that's going to be coming out this year and saying, we could strike lightning in a bottle. Let's 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 spend the money on position players and let's go get one of these young, uh, hyped up, uh, you know, quarterbacks and see what we can do for a lot less money. Bruce isn't going anywhere. And if the rumors are true from last year, which we have no reason to believe they weren't, Kirk doesn't want to deal with Bruce, right? So if that's the case, I mean, not only can the guy not pronounce his name, he's proven time and time again to be a very petty, petty man who's more interested in his draft picks versus McLuhan's or anybody else's. So this is, you know, on the field, the Jay Gruden, Kirk Cousins performance, seven and nine, almost 10 wins, all that stuff. It's that's only a part of this decision, right? He's looking at the entire situation. So, you know, frankly, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I hope we just have some more closure on it tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, we can. I, if he comes out and says, I, just, I hate this team, I don't want to be here, I would be so happy. He's not going to say that. He's, he's going to say, say it. He's not going to say that. What he's going he's gonna to say the right thing because he's a measured individual. But frankly, I, I just don't agree with you guys. I think New York is looking at him and saying, why wouldn't we want this guy? He's going to cost the same as Eli. He's got at least seven or eight more years, nine years more than Eli. He knows this division already. It's a short trip up 95. He doesn't matter to him anyway because he lives in Atlanta full time. So. I think you're. I think you guys are misreading this completely. Eli's not going to be back. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because he's thrown like 16 picks and eight touchdowns against the Giants, and they see him twice a year. That could be a reason why. Look, I, I mean, the, the the Giants, especially the the fan base, the media. It's not easy to to play there. Like, you got to be. You know, you don't win, and it's like they want your head. But people say that you're right, and and people say that. But you know what? Eli's done it, and he doesn't say a word. Like he, he learned how to manage it, and Kirk. I don't. I mean, you look at a guy like Carson Wentz and what he's doing in Philly. That's a that's a brutal sports town as well. You learn these things. So I, I'm like, that's not going to be. Uh, I don't think that's going to move the needle, to be honest. But uh, I'm done with the Redskins. I was done with them a month ago. I don't know what they're. I mean, you know, golf clap for you guys for continuing to watch this uh, this this crap on the field week in and week out, but. You know, I wanted them to get to eight and eight just for just to be able to say, "Hey, that's three winning seasons in a row, or, or three non-losing seasons in a row." But I find myself having the same thoughts I've had several. Like last year, we talked about if they beat the Bengals, if they if the overtime game doesn't end in a tie, if he doesn't throw a pick, the Giants in game. Like okay, if if all those <clears throat> if all those things had played out differently, we would be talking about a team that had back to back to back ten win seasons. Which is nuts, <clears throat> but that's not. For Washington D.C., that's absolutely nuts. Right, but this is the curse, and and frankly, you know, can we can we get off the skins and talk about a team that's Please. on fire? Can we talk about the Wizards? Can we talk about the Wizards? Because I have watched every single Wizards game and on fire the- because they're finally won three games in a row and beat a over five hundred. No, on on fire. Okay, so you're right. They they dropped since they had- John Wall has been back. They had they two turds the- since he came back. They had a turd against the Nets when they lost by like 600 points, and then a big <laughs> fat turd against the Hawks where they inexplicably lost to. 
they're actually the first team to lose to both the worst team in the West and the East within a one-month span, which is just some stupid stat that I read online. But the point is, since the turn of the new year, if you look at this team, we're going back to the last couple games of last season, they they freaking they manhandled the Rockets, the best team, in my opinion, in the league. They beat them by, by what, almost 20 points. Then the, the crap Bulls came into town. They, they beat them by four. On that was on New Year's Eve, if I'm not mistaken, on the 31st, right. mm-hmm. and then they, they ran the table against the Knicks. So they're on a little bit of a heater scoring, but they the, the points is really the part to me that that it jumps off the the sheet. Going back to the Celtics win on Christmas Day, you know they put up 111 against the best defensive team in the league. Then again, they they, they put up that they had that third game against the Hawks, but then a 121 against the Rockets, the second best defensive team in the league. 114 against the, the Bulls, and then 121 against the Knicks. They are scoring a ton of points, and the offense looks better. I saw that the uh, LP gave uh, some Polish love to the Polish hammer because he's actually he's playing like he actually cares all of a sudden, and I, I didn't see that coming. Did you, did you hear his uh, pregame uh, interview with Chris Miller yesterday where he basically said uh, my, they asked him what was his New Year's resolution. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to be less selfish and less of a punk. He pretty much said, I was an idiot, and I was a punk, and I'm selfish, and I want to get my points, but now I don't want to do that anymore. And then he comes out yesterday with like a 20-20 a and 20 game or whatever it was. I mean, he had an amazing game. I don't know, man. Like, we we hammer him a lot. I mean, as, as DC fans, we hammer him a lot. And he, for the most part, deserves like 80% of the hammering that he gets. But at some point, you got to look at him and be like, he actually kind of gels with John Wall, and he gels a little bit with this team. And you know, we talk about trades and the trade deadline coming up. I don't know if you if you're going to get an automatic upgrade at that position. Like his defense is poor. Um, you know, his attitude sometimes is is really poor. It, stupid fouls and all that kind of stuff, but. I don't know, man. He's he's a constant double double, and you know games like yesterday where he comes out and, and scores you know twenty something points and and gets his you know fifteen rebounds. Would you rather have Boogie or the Unibrow or DeAndre? I'll tell you what. I went to the the Pelicans game and I wanted Boogie before that game. I watched Boogie. I don't want Boogie no more. Boogie, <laughs> see you later. Thank you. He hasn't been on a winning team. Okay, you know, partially the teams, other teams fall, other players, whatever. But it's also at some point, you know, it's him and his attitude. And he's just another offensive threat. He's not a defensive threat. And, you know, where are those shots going to come from? Like, you're not going to take the ball away from John. You're not going to take the ball away from Brad. Um, you're not going to take the ball away from Otto. I mean, if anything, you need you need Otto more. You need Keith more. Like, Kelly, Kelly his team is built off of spreading the ball out. Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And the last, the last handful of games, John Wall has been running, literally running the offense like it's humming. It's like a well-oiled, like V12 supercar. They, when they want to play, not only do they play well, and not only are they fun to watch, they score effortlessly. And then they have guys like Kelly Oubre, who's having a very quiet, very nice season who gets all kinds of both trash points and spot up three looks. Otto's having a nice season. Like it just shows you, or to me anyway, what I see is the, obviously the importance of wall, but Beal has been very even handed and very steady as well. I mean, this, you know, a couple of years back, we were saying there was an opportunity to trade Beal for this guy or that guy. 
And I remember saying, like, he reminds me a lot of <clears throat> something like a cross between, like, a Michael Red and a Ray Allen. <clears throat> like, he's not going to be maybe as, as dynamic a player as Michael Red was in his prime, although I think he is now. And he's not going to be that spot-up killer that, that Ray Allen was for behind the three-point line, although Ray wasn't that guy at the beginning of his career. He's somewhere in the middle in there. <clears throat> but with the game on the line, he's comfortable having the ball in his hand, and I'm comfortable with him having the ball in his hand. But just game in and game out, I mean, we've seen what he what he does when he takes over a game. We saw it against the Blazers. We saw it against the Clippers. Um, and, and now we've seen it a couple nights in a row here where he just quietly and without a whole lot of effort just – you look at that box score and you're like, when did he score 26 points? When did he grab, you know, 10 boards? When, and how did he do it in 30 minutes? So he's he's playing very efficiently. It seems like we're past the injury chaos of, that plagued him a couple seasons ago. And and frankly, you know, I tip my 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 cap personally to to Coach Brooks. I think he's doing a great job. I think this is, you know, the hype around him and he can only coach stars and all that stuff. It's just wrong. This is a guy who again. Is just showing that he can get it done. Frankly, if you if you take a step back here, leave the Nats out of this for a second. The coaching on the Wizards, the Caps, and the and the uh, and the Redskins actually is like really good. You know, I mean, well above average in my opinion. Wizards are no exception, and the Capitals Capitals are on their own little heater. But the Wizards, you know, you uh, you shot a text a couple of nights ago saying like, man, this team is fun to watch. You're right, they are a ton of fun to watch. I think people. This is about the time when people start to wake up in D.C. now that the Redskins, although the Skins season has been over for however long, this is when people start to pay attention. I'm, I'm weary of Ernie Grunfeld the same way I'm weary of, of Bruce Allen. Um, I think Ernie's going to make a move because as the team is constructed today, yes, they have an impressive win against the Celtics. They also have a bad loss against them and two losses against the Cavs. So I think he looks at those and says, like, what's the point of going through all of this and then finishing third or fourth? And getting knocked out of the playoffs, I think he, I think he's going to have to make a move here. I think he has to. Well, where would you make that move? I mean, there's, I, I just don't know, man. Like I said, I think this team is so well spread out, and that's how the, that's the kind of style of play. I don't see, you know, I, like we brought this up before the DeAndre Jordan. Before I was a boogie guy over over Jordan, but now, you know, I guess I would take DeAndre over over Boogie. But both of them, I don't see as like a really good option because I wouldn't want to give the farm away for for this year. You got to be looking, thinking in the back of your head that LeBron well, is likely gone next year out of the East. Maybe um, maybe there's you know, maybe the there's Celtics a lesser are option. young. Well, hold on, maybe there's a lesser option that they can go get like on the cheap or or for less um, for less cash or for less consideration. You know, Farid is is a guy. Yeah, he's an option. And his cancer, to be honest, if they can get him somehow from the Knicks. That would be a nice piece to have too. He's not going to give you a, like a whole lot of like in night in night out defense, but he gives you a little bit of more versatility, a little bit more lane stuffing. You know, he's just withering away in New York. I mean, he he's he's. I mean, I feel like he'd be a good option too. Um, no one's going to take Yon, right? No one's going to take Yon Mahimi on his massive contract. So that's a piece that's pretty much unmovable. No, I, I disagree. I think the Bulls would take him. I just don't know if the Bulls have anything to give back. I think there's. Well, man, this is the NBA. There's always a team that's willing to call it a season and get in position for a draft pick. So, uh, I mean, for years it was the Sixers, and then it, for, for even longer it was the Clippers. Yeah, I could see the Bulls making a move like that. Why not? Why not? The, the, they're not going anywhere. The Mavs aren't going anywhere. Harrison Barnes is a, is a guy who, you know, for early in his career, I thought he was going to be the next Kobe Bryant, and then he, he, he ended up in Dallas, and everybody forgot about him. But that kid can play. Yeah. You know, he's not, he's, not, he's not what the Wizards need, 
But if you can get him on the cheap, just to dispel your your three, I mean, there's just more depth at the at the most important position in the league right now, which is your small forward position, in my opinion. Um, yeah, go go get him. Why not? Go get that. This is. I mean, they they still need a backup point guard. Like after all this time, Saransky's playing pretty nice. This is the first time in like three or four years where you know the trade deadline's approaching and we're not desperate for a move. Like we're, I wouldn't say we're desperate, you know. But can this team win win it all? Can they win the East? Can they get out of the first round, second round? Like that's the problem, right? We've like you, you need more out of Porter yeah. and you need more out of Keith in order yeah. for for this team to be catapulted. It's the, not going to ride. Like you, you can guarantee and you can bet on John and Brad being pretty pretty did well, we, but did we lose FP? FP's completely zoned out. No, I'm here. I'm just listening. <laughs> I feel like we got to talk caps and maybe bring him back in here. No, I don't want to jinx it. Don't talk caps. <laughs> we got to talk caps. We got to no. talk about we got to talk about the Golden Knights actually, not the caps. Let's talk. I'll about talk the- about the Golden Knights because we can jinx them all we want. Good. Well, I have a, I have a question about jinxing. Uh, defeating the curse has been around for just over one year. Happy one year anniversary, fellas. Um, in this time, we've seen what the caps number one. Losing the second round. We've seen the Nats. Game number seven one. at home. In the Nats. At home. The and then we've seen the Wizards. Game seven, Boston. On the road, but they lost game four at home with a big lead. Yeah. Which of the... Uh, wait, wait, wait. In our one-year history, which... Hold which, on. Which, which organization the lose a, a, essentially a playoff game in January of last year. That, that's what started. That's what that's started, what started the DTC. <laughs> yeah, so you can throw the, throw the skins in there too. Uh, we, we could also blame DTC, LP, and Joe for the U.S. men's team not making the World Cup. Right, yeah, it's a big one. That's not a big <laughs> one. It's a big one. It's possible that it's us. It's very well, possible that it's us. The Valor also only won one game in the Arena Football League. If we're is gonna... that is that the one that we were uh, live <laughs> at broadcasting? For? Correct. They only won the game that we were broadcasting at. That's right. But That's isn't correct. there four teams in the AFL? And they're all owned by uh, Ted Leonsis. Five. Five. <laughs> Five and two are owned by Teddy. So so Teddy's got like a forty percent chance of winning. Sounds dirty, but I like calling him Teddy. <laughs> all right. So what was the most disappointing team? All of them. No, no, These, most, most. No, all, all. I'm I'm gonna say it would have been the Caps because that was the one seed losing. Like they they were the Nats were one, no, not one in the their division. One overall, one league wide. The Nats were in one league wide. It was the Caps. They were two, but yeah, yeah. I, the Caps. I think I would have to go with the Caps too because well, it's it's a tie. I mean, whatever. We can have ties. The Wizards were a little bit of a Cinderella story. No, Dis- disappointing. But we weren't expecting them to do. That no, great. The Wizards, playoffs. the Wizards, if they had gotten past Boston, would have gotten past Cleveland and then lost to the Warriors. So I, I that agree. One, but... That one, that's why I'm going to give the edge here to shittiest season to the Caps, uh, just by a little bit because they legitimately were the best team by by a, an actual mile in the yes. NHL. They draw the Penguins, and not, not a single person in DC thought they were going to win that series. And to drag it out for seven games. And just pound everybody was lose. painful, right? It's yep. the same thing with the Nats. The Nats, you know, they had a shot at beating anybody, but when they drew the, the Dodgers, nope. Yep. 
Well, it's, it was, kind of, it was, it's kind it was, of sad. We expect that. Like, if there was a Game 7 Caps and a Game 7 Nats this year, would either of you expect the win? No. Emotional hedge bet, $1,000. No. I'd empty my Coinbase account on the team, <laughs> not on the, what, whoever team is playing. <laughs> and, you know, frankly, when you look at the, the only team that could have beaten, that would have beaten the Caps last year was the Penguins, right? Yeah. You look at the, the Nats, the only two teams that would have beaten them just because of pedigree would have been the Dodgers and the Cubs. So, like, it's it's so painful, but, you know, I, I mean, it's miserable. What, what else is there to say? The Redskins, the Redskins, when we sit here and talk about what they could have been, at ten, a 10-win team and whatever, that's all, like, shoulda, woulda, coulda. The Caps were legitimately a, a fantastic team last year. And everyone, you know, but to their credit, and, again, you look at Trotz and the coaches, man, like, he, they weren't supposed to be this good this year, and they're just tortured. no. They're supposed to be horrible this year. Yeah, they they're like no pressure on them, and here we go again. Like everyone's starting to rock the red. We're getting to about halfway through the point of the season. They look really good with 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 a you know a smaller payroll. Ov does that guy miss? Does that guy miss a shot in overtime sessions? Not until playoffs. Not until okay. playoffs. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, this is hashtag domination here, and but we're used to this, and we've seen it before. And Stevie had a little uh, a little moment yesterday when he realized that pitchers and catchers report in in just three weeks. You know, like their first week of February, everybody rolls in for uh, preseason of preseason of baseball, and he he's convinced that it's going to be different with the Nets. I'm not. I think the managerial change is actually going to impact them tremendously, but. You know, it's it's amazing. Like it's 2018, but we might as well be sitting here and talking about the, these are the same conversations from last year. So same conversations since 2015. They never change, and that that's why that's why when people are like, "What is the curse?" Explain it. Like this is it. Here you go. This is the curse. Nothing <laughs> ever changes. Like nothing ever changes with these teams, including ownership. Although Teddy's a fantastic owner, so I can't can't knock. I was him. I was telling LP. I really wish. This is going to come out so wrong, but I wish that we were in the shoes of the Carolina Panthers and Snyder was like, uh, okay, yeah, I'm going to have to sell the team now. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. People, if we pull Snyder's a stand-up civilian. If, if we get every single person we know, could we buy the Panthers? No. Yeah. No, because isn't uh, Puff Kaepernick Daddy or... and P. Diddy are going to buy it. Yeah, isn't it? Puffy with what? With vegan dollars? What's he gonna pay? <laughs> Kaepernick, yeah. P. Diddy, and like Steph Curry are all gonna buy buy the uh, the Panthers. I did read about Steph Curry. I think it's gonna be the conglomerate actually that owns the uh, Manchester United. Actually, speaking of United, LP, can we talk a little Champions League? Yep. All right. Take care, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I checked Let's out go. of soccer man. after the the national team crushed my soul. I'm you're, I'm checked you're out. Some fantastic uh, some fantastic footy being played across the pond. The EPL is having a, a renaissance season, to be honest. The the Manchester teams are, are, are looking great. The Gunners are doing... The Gunners are the Redskins, essentially. Um, of, I mean, Arsenal is the Redskins. Um, they win. They, they, they play up and play down constantly against their opponents. But yesterday, that, that match against Chelsea was phenomenal. I can, I can literally see FP dying. He's actually dying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I wish we had like a a listener counter. I wish this was live and we had a listener counter so I could watch the steady decrease <laughs> the decline. Okay, well, hold on. The Golden Knights, you had an interesting comment a couple nights ago. They have the best home record 
and you were saying like why you you had a thought on it. I think I agree with your thought. Yeah, I, I was talking about how insane it is for an expansion team to come into a league, and all and they're just sitting at the top, and it's ridiculous. That doesn't happen in any other sport. To immediately, like we're saying, immediate, like immediately sit at the top, and they're just they're they're just winning. I don't I don't know. Yeah. How you don't think the Raiders are going to have a similar uh, look at look at the Raiders? Aren't the Raiders right now in a perfect storm situation with yes. John Gruden taking over things, moving to Los Angeles or sorry, moving to Las Vegas and having talent at running back, quarterback, quarterback receiver, receiver? Aren't they in the same spot? You made a good point the other day, Joe, when you said that that's a true uh, home ice, home field advantage because every team that goes there is going to go there and they're going to party, they're going to stay out late. And that's it. Game over. So no from take there. that take that so to the NFL, families. where the guys probably party even harder. That's right. Yeah, the the Raiders are going to have a true uh, advantage there. Well, yeah, because but, even yeah, even I, if you set even if you set curfew, and you're in, how many hotels are there in Vegas where there's not something to do downstairs? What exactly? Just think about what. <laughs> just think about this. Like they're not going to put them up in the Aria or some non-gambling hotel. Even even if they did, okay, even if they put them in, in some non-gambling hotel, there's a few of them on the strip. Uh, I mean, it's the trouble will find you. Like it's it's freaking Las Vegas. It's America's playground. Like, this to me, you like, don't need to go far to find trouble. No, or you can order it to your room if you want because everything's <laughs> legal. So it, it's just an interesting. It's an interesting concept. Uh, with the exception of Bryce Harper, who's like the only person I know that's from Las Vegas. No one's actually from there. So everybody that goes there is essentially on vacation. The players that are there full time, I can see them having, uh, you know, crash pads or whatever. Like I, I, during the seasons, like during seasons are, are going on or whatever. And they're there enough that they get over it and then they move on and it's business as usual. Like any resident would, but. No, you're talking about an NFL team coming in, flying in on a Thursday or a Friday for a Sunday game. That's yeah, a well, you imagine like you imagine like the Bills, they get to leave the dead of winter one year and then just go chill in Vegas. Yeah. Think about like Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia, they're literally the craziest MFers on the planet. Uh, have you ever? Uh, have you guys been watching the videos of Bills Mafia? I, I can't. Like, I, I mean, I want to be a Bills fan. Just like that's that's what 19 years of non playoffs looks like. You just got people like forget about the drugs in the parking lot, the DDTs on the ice tables, <laughs> uh, the 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 random Top of the uh, uh, RVs through the table. Yeah, 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 but then there's like the random uh, guy girl stuff in the stands. Like it's fascinating as like a case study of what the cold will do to someone's brain. But you take that, you know, clown show and move them into the desert for for some random game or or any of the northern teams into Vegas. Everybody's team is going to travel well, and it's just going to be crazy. And I'm I'm happy to watch it on TV. But the you know for the from the NHL's perspective, you know this pilot initiative is 100 percent a success because the locals. I mean, there are 15, 16, 20,000 people that will go sit in a stadium or an arena and watch watch hockey in the middle of the desert but frankly the team is good the team is good are they on is the yeah. stadium on the strip no it's not it's closer to the university but but regard like nothing is far in i mean you've been to vegas yeah. nothing is far like everything i know is i know more about vegas and sports from watching ballers than i do about reading an article 
Wallace <laughs> is a solid show. That's a solid show. But but look, man, you look at this from just look at it from a logistics of an NFL perspective. You're moving a 53 man roster. If you if you move them on Thursday or Friday to that city to Vegas for their for the next game, the game that they're theoretically playing on Sunday, they're going to spend two days going bananas. One day going bananas. If you fly out late to try to curtail that type of activity from your players, you're exhausted. Now you're exhausted. So it's a very interesting conundrum, I think, for for NFL players in particular. NHL is a little bit different, um, and certainly NBA would be different too because you, you play so many games that maybe you only get one night um, wherever you're going, or or it's the night after the game. But in the NFL, where you typically go wherever you're going to be playing two or three weeks in or two or three days in advance. That's fascinating to me. Like, I don't know how the NFL... And the NFL's already got a bunch of problems. Overall ratings, did you guys see this today, the final numbers for the regular season? Overall ratings down over 9, 9% points on nationally broadcast games. Uh, subscribers for DirecTV down almost 35%. I, I completely blame Thursday Night Football for all of that. No, Thursday wait, Night Football's the trash. It's the protests. The, and, the anthem, oh, yeah. People forgot, like, that put a serious dent into the viewership. A lot of people, myself included... Just looked at it and were like, you know what? I, I don't, I don't need to deal with this. I'll record it and I'll watch when I get when I get around to it. Fantasy league participation. This is the most fascinating number. Do you believe? Like, there's no way to actually track this, but according to uh, according to Yahoo, they had they had something around a 42 or 41 or 42 percent drop off in participation in the second half of the season versus last year. So the, wow. nothing changed about fantasy football. People just checked out. I mean, we saw this in, in our own personal big money league. Um, and, and all the leagues, people just weren't interested anymore. And it was literally like a switch turned off. A lot of it had to do with the protests. But frankly, I think people just realized that the product is just not good. I mean, it's and, just and not good. The interesting part about that it was like this year, I felt like there was a lot more parity in the NFL. Like oh, there yeah. was no true dominant team. Like uh, you look at the wild card race up until like literally, I think the last two weeks, the Redskins were in there. I mean, obviously we knew well, that wasn't going to happen, but like. And then the AFC, you saw like there was like ten teams that were vying for wild card spots. Yep. So there was parity. Well, it's not even that. You that. had an 0-16 Browns team where if you look at their scores, they were in a lot of those games. They just couldn't pull it out. I mean, it's the Browns. I mean, but in every league, parity parity is a good thing. I mean, in the NFL. The problem with parity in the NFL is because they they schedule their games so far in advance. You're not going to flex a, a a crap Thursday night game to some other primetime window, you're just going to let it ride out in your worst possible national times time slot. But the product of Thursday night football, you know, with the exception of the Rams, was it the Rams 49ers game that yeah. we had like, a, you know, one, that was one incredible game. Um, I think skins Cowboys was an okay game. I don't recall. Nope. No, actually it wasn't. So no, it wasn't like there, you know, even so out of, out of 10 Thursday night games or 11 or 12 Thursday night games, there's only one or two that really stand out. That's a, just a bad product. And, like if the NFL is determined to have more primetime games, the, the the what I've suggested many times over is have a double header on Monday nights. You know, have a game that starts at at six and a second game that starts at at eight thirty or well, nine. People will watch it. You two, you two are bigger in the NBA than I am, but from what I've seen, is NBA's overall product is going up and more people are enjoying it, and it has to do with that parity because there's not so many miserable games to watch anymore, right? Or am well, I mistaken? Don't, and the league doesn't broadcast them. That's why we get you know, the league makes sure that the the Warriors, the um, the Cavs, the Wizards, like those the teams that are exciting 
are the ones that get the national the national run. NBA TV shows a lot of bad games because it seems that no one cares about. Like you'll you'll always if you tune in there midweek, you'll find you'll find a Kings game, a Pelicans game, you'll find uh, a Suns game from time to time, a Pistons game. But the the NBA is very smart about how they position their their games. And frankly, there's a I mean the run up to Christmas Day is like a dress rehearsal for for when the unofficial NBA season starts. It's very different. The NFL from the beginning, like there's a lot of there's a lot of pop and circumstance for the, at the beginning of this at the, the season with the initial kick and whatever, and it's great and everybody gets excited. Fantasy drafts are over, blah blah blah. But then you start looking at these teams and it's like oof. Like, I, I don't want to watch Browns Bills. And I don't care about Browns Steelers. <laughs> like, I don't care about, like, division rivalries are, there's only a few that play out well on a national stage anymore in the NFL. You know, so, you know, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore for a decade has been must watch TV. But frankly, now it's just not because the Ravens aren't very good. It's going to be know? the NFC West now. Right. So, exactly. So, the NFL needs to get a little bit, a little bit quicker to the draw with scheduling some of this stuff and add more flexibility, but there's just too much of it on TV. Thursday night is a bad product. Friday, uh, Sunday nights, you know, those games are, they, they, they start too late, frankly, and, and they do it in a way that they do it. They position that game in a way so that it doesn't overrun the four o'clock games, but they got to look at their consumer. Consumers now are, are recording games. They're trying to skip commercials. They, you know, a lot of, so one interesting tidbit in that, in that article about the viewership is people, there was more purchases made on iTunes of game rewinds, like the full game. You know, you can buy a full game for a dollar ninety nine. The day after, you can go buy a Redskins game for like a buck ninety nine or a buck fifty or whatever it is off of iTunes. And in that, you get no commercials, you get player and coaches insight, and you get the ability to fast forward. They actually saw an uptick in that. So the way people consume football is changing. There's too many commercials. It's too slow. We've talked about this. Like everything about around the NFL is on a downward trend right now, not just ratings. Sales of NFL Madden have gone down. Um, uh, online well, play because yeah, gone down. The NFL itself, you're, like you're, you're, you said it, they're just not keeping up with the trends. There was an article, or there was some guy that posted on Reddit or whatever. He went to a game, was paying for DirecTV or whatever access to watch games on his phone, and because of geo-tracking, he couldn't stream the other game on his phone in the stadium. And he's like, I'm your dream fan. I pay for tickets. I pay for premium membership, viewership. I pay for all this stuff, and I'm the one that gets punished. The NFL just doesn't understand the trend of, of how things sure. are going right now. We had guests on this year that talked about you know, the Rams paying $100 for, for parking. For parking. You're not even in the freaking stadium yet. You're paying $100 or $60 to park your car. Here in D.C., we're paying, what, 40 50 bucks to park up two miles away and take a shuttle. So like these things add up. Like it, This isn't the same... NFL from a decade ago or two decades ago that where life stopped literally on Sunday for for uh, like during a Redskins game or, or whatever game or the national game it's just not that it's like that fan base which is my, my fan base my generation your generation like we got kids we got other stuff to do and and like that little bit of a break that little bit of yeah. a reason to tune out you know the protests. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to watch a week. Well, one week became two. Look, talk to our boy Stevie. The dude. I don't think he's watched the game since the opening night, like, uh, or the Chiefs game because we forced him to because we were broadcasting. So, like, it doesn't take much to turn people off from the NFL. And and if fantasy is down, video games are down, ratings are down. I, I don't know what's what's up exactly. Like, player's salary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine. 
Fine. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to over the course of the season that said, you know, I'm not really buying season tickets anymore. And it's not necessarily like I hate the Redskins thing. It's just uh, I'm I'm done with the the whole fan experience. I'm done with all that stuff. Uh, players, you know, people not wanting to watch, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know, man. I think the NFL's got a real problem on their hands. Yeah, but yeah. the Wizards, the Wizards look great. The, the Wizards are, do look great, but this this is the time where the Wizards kind of always look great. Where is their time? Um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Any but, money? On the, any money on the on the uh, the games this weekend? I got a four way parlay. Um, I put sixty bucks on all the road teams. Am I crazy? Uh, yeah. All the road, all the all the road all the teams? road teams. Yeah, yeah, I got all the road teams winning. I got colossal upsets. All the road teams. I honestly, I haven't even even looked at the playoff schedule. <laughs> just have an opinion on this. <laughs> <laughs> just like what we were talking about, people host sports shows that don't even know who's playing. <laughs> no, I mean That's I know the teams in the playoffs. Playing. I just haven't looked at the schedule. When, when's the first game? Saturday at four. Yeah, oh, we can talk about that. ESPN shelling out a hundred million dollars for the Chiefs playoff game for two seasons in a row. They get. That that contract. Can we talk about the demise of ESPN, or should I should I wait for uh, another episode? That, that could be a JAVTW. Okay, those will be coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good, guys. We've been talking about uh, Redskins, Caps, all this, all this stuff. I mean, are, are we done with sports? Like, I feel like th- at least the Redskins just put a dagger in us every year. Well, Actually, well, I would like to say. I agree with Joe's uh, four-way parlay about the road teams. I just looked. Agreed. It's possible, right? It's yeah, possible. it's very possible. It's a nice parlay. It's a $60 bet, and the payout's uh, like two-something. It's crazy, but whatever. That's anyone... how you make the NFL fun. Yeah, I mean, how else are you going to do it? I'm, I'm over FanDuel and Draft and all that stuff. I, don't, I can't do it anymore. My Draft teams play. are complete garbage. We're Actually, complete garbage. Yeah, like now when I when I need my gambling fix, I just put money into Bitcoin and see what happens for the course of a couple hours. Ripple. No, Ripple. Hey, listen. Okay, you want let, let me let me get let me get a little cryptocurrency in here for you. Okay, about wait, three wait, weeks wait, ago. Wait, DC Thug. We, we, we no, no, I don't want DC Thug. I, I, listen, the inside story here is DC Thug came to me and I sent him a bunch of stuff to read. So when I saw that he was going to be on the podcast, a documentary off my Netflix about Bitcoin. Well, then I don't I, I can't help him if that's his source, but I sent him a bunch of TED videos and a bunch of other stuff to get up to speed. But Ripple Ripple is a fascinating is a fascinating. It's not even a cryptocurrency. It's a platform and it's right. already in use by a bunch of different um, banks that are outside the United States. So it, it's almost like a I mean, it's it's essentially it's the all a scam. Mo. It's yeah. Venmo without a delay. So with it with instant verification on either right way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, so you look at you look at stupid Ripple. It was trading at uh, XRP was at like forty two cents when I bought it, and it today at one point it was at three eighty something. And the news came out that Coinbase was not going to pick it up um, in the coming in at least in the near future, and it dropped to like three fifty. At three fifty, you can still afford to go put like a hundred bucks into it. It it's going to skyrocket because it's not it's it's a platform, not a currency. It has a currency component, but that is. Like if you know when you talk about like overnight millionaires or the potential of the next big thing, that's it. Litecoin is really interesting because of the technology that's behind it. Um, Litecoin it uses a different algorithm to protect the blockchain than Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, 
or, or Ethereum. So Litecoin's a little bit of an outlier. Um, and that one's obviously doing, it's, it's, it's actually crashed. All of them have come down considerably over the last like 10 days. And a lot of it probably has to do with the Christmas, uh, like people just checked out and the day trading kind of stopped. But what's, what's fascinating about cryptocurrency is big money moves it. And a couple this weeks. Is a, this is us losing LP right now. No, no, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, when Bitcoin soared to almost nineteen thousand, and Coinbase had to stop trading it, uh, stop buying and selling it, it was rumored that it was a single. It wasn't. Well, it was rumored at the time that it was a single buyer that that pushed that market way, way, way up, and then sold and pushed it way, way, way down because it rose from about fifteen k to nineteen, and then fell back to sixteen in a span of about like seven or eight minutes. So right. somebody went into the blockchain and actually uncovered that it was a single US-based buyer that put in $110 million on the buy side. One shot, bought $110 million worth of Bitcoin, sold it, sold $100 million of it seven, uh, seven minutes later, okay, or six minutes later. That caused it to, to basically bottom back out. That $100 million that they ca- that they initially put in and cashed out if you do the simple math, it tripled just because of the way compound interest works. That's a ton of freaking money. And oh, on top of that, they still have 10 million in Bitcoin sitting in their Coinbase or wherever wallet, wherever their digital wallet is. It's freaking nuts. So big money can move any of these things up. If that person, whether the, whether it was Floyd Mayweather or right. somebody else. So let's do was, let's let's all pool our money and find a way to use cryptocurrency go, to buy the Panthers. Okay, but yeah, so that that's the beauty of XRP. It's cheap enough that you can actually throw a hundred or two hundred bucks at it and just let it ride, and, and just kind of see what happens. But it's early twenty eighteen. I think by summertime XRP is going to be probably at a hundred bucks. I mean that that's a big it's yeah. a big return if you can get it. Uh, it's a pain in the ass to buy it because it's you have to get it through Bitstamp um, or, or Binance, but you can get to it if you if you have to. But the, the crypto. I was disappointed with the cryptocurrency episode because it's fascinating and I'm consumed by it. And one other little tidbit, I think I sent you guys a um, the uh, um, a podcast about the beginning of Zcash. Did I yes, send that to you? You did. That yeah. is legitimately fascinating. All right, uh, we'll do we'll do a real cryptocurrency one with you, <laughs> and we'll bring DC Thug on there so you can just troll him and fry him on on air. Have him bring his camera too, okay? <laughs> All right, just don't forget your rainbow uh, boosts, glow oh, in the dark boosts. You see the Xenos, the the glow in the dark. Gay. Ultra boost episode too. Gay. I'm done. I am a hundred. We are out. I am out. <laughs> LP has died over there, but basically uh, wearing LA Lightnings from Payless. Yeah. <laughs> New Year, New Year, same LP. Do we get a little bumper sticker? Uh... Hey, give me, hit me some bread and butter for uh, Gruden and Kirk. We fought really hard. Give me some Joe Gibbs. <laughs> we got nothing. Uh, I, I'm 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 halfway asleep. If LP is out of bumper sticker sayings, that's that's just the sign of the curse right there. Welcome back, DTC. It's, it's gonna be a big year, 2018. Full credentials for the Nationals gonna happen. Playoff credentials for the Wiz and the Caps is gonna happen. Full season for the Redskins is gonna happen, and uh, a lot of original content too. It's gonna be a good year. Thanks for listening. We are out. <laughs>